0: by a real podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico with me from someplace it looks like it might be a little bit chilly. Carol's all bundled up. How's the, Um, how's, how's it going?
1: It's friggin' freezing. That's how it's going.
0: Eh, uh, Just, just nipped at 70 degrees down here today. Flowers are in bloom. Um, It's... uh, (laughs) having a uh the 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 furnace hasn't kicked on once so far um gosh a lot a lot different than winter in Iowa so uh yeah we're not we're not bad
1: here yet it's but it's officially like when you walk outside it's like that oh that shiver when it hits you but we haven't gotten to your face hurts cold yet so (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to complain too much because I know there's work there's worse ahead so much worse Yeah, yeah
0: exactly you gotta you gotta look forward to the worst to come so Carol, we're going to get into opportunities, but first, I got an opportunity for you. Another hypothetical. So okay. the question is, which fictional pig do you think would taste best? I have a list of fictional pigs um, contributed heavily to by the uh, oh, by the by the uh, folks over at Playhaven. Did you did you, so? I mean, if you got your own pig, you can throw it out. Otherwise, I can go through. I can give you the list if you want some options.
1: No, I had my I can't
0: remember the name, but it's the the main pig from Animal Farm. The main pig from Animal Farm. That's not on my list. What's his oh my um, <laughs> uh, pig names from an, I, I can't animal remember farm. Um, this is making real Napoleon. Yes. Yes. Napoleon. Okay, we got to add Napoleon to the list. <laughs> Damn, that is a famous pig. Napoleon from Animal Farm. Um, I I'm not sure you, Napoleon would taste very good. Well, can you imagine a pig with a more
1: decadent lifestyle?
0: Ah, uh, well, oh, okay, you sold me. You sold me. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna I want to put your name on my list in brackets there. Um so, I made the um, list yeah you made the list um <clears throat>
1: it's not the one they usually make either so that's great
0: <laughs> yeah it's not not the bad santa one uh so so listeners um just quickly on that list now we have babe pig Vis- visited the city we've got wilbur charlotte's friend we've got porky mm-hmm. friend of daffy and bugs we've got arnold resident mm-hmm. of green acres we've got woo's pigs from the the wonderful television series deadwood um <clears throat> Apparently you haven't watched Deadwood. Uh, no. Woose pigs eat the dead bodies of uh, of people that oh. get killed in Deadwood. Oh, uh, wait,
1: I think I have seen that show. Yeah. Against my will, but I think I saw
0: it. Oh, it's a great show. We got Piggly Wiggly, old supermarket mascot. P- Miss Piggy, Kermit's beloved. We got Pumbaa. We've got Piglet, who's buddy. We've oh. got Peppa. And uh, now we've added Napoleon to the list. I didn't know there were so many fictitious pigs. There's um, a lot
1: of pigs. Pepper will for sure be spicy.
0: It, that's a that's a lot of pigs. Right now, I I haven't made a choice yet. I think that's a lot of a lot of good bacon and ham sandwiches on that list. Um, so wow. that's going on. Another thing I needed to ask you is how many times, just when you're out in the world, do you reckon you wave a day? like wave at other people
1: oh it depends on how many babies i see in shopping carts that day because that's
0: predominantly so, who i'm waving at <laughs> you, you have a, you, I'm not you waving anyway. waving yeah. to, like um so when do they stop being oh, babies two dogs.
1: So, dogs
0: i wave at you dogs wave, a wave lot. to babies and dogs okay yes. um and oh how many what percentage wave back
1: i would say a solid like
0: 85% of dogs
1: oh well for the dogs you get the you get the nod the dog wave the, which is the which is like the head nod like the
0: quick nod up you, so so you're out and about and you wave at a dog and then you get a sup head nod from dogs yeah i get the dogs? sup nod
1: yeah yeah that counts oh. so
0: sure okay i didn't you must have a i i'm gonna try waving to dogs um so how many babies do you see a day we need a number
1: i would say on average probably it averages out to maybe like two
0: all right all right that's a strong number it's a good number um yeah, just trying to it. trying to trying to gauge everybody's everybody's waving. Uh, what, what's your what's your go to wave? Do you have like the back and forth princess wave? Is it a is it a whole hand? I'm at a parade wave. Is it no? I'm
1: like a either a finger? like a twinkle, oh, fingers, a, or a twinkle a fingers or a twinkle fingers, <laughs> a twinkle fingers or a flap flap.
0: You know, <laughs> twinkle twinkle flap flap. Okay, <laughs> sounds really
1: good. I've been told though I smile at people and not, so I'm not like a big waver. But apparently, I don't know so i I just end up smiling at people and i don't know that i'm doing it because i once asked my husband i'm like why does everybody come up and talk to me like what he's like you smile at literally everyone like what do you want them to do i was like not talk to me he's like stop smiling but i didn't know i was doing it so
0: so you have the opposite of resting bitch face you have accidental smile face
1: i think so yeah (laughs) just super annoying
0: that would be definitely resting
1: bitch vibes in my head but my face is apparently doing something else entirely
0: (laughs) that would be that would be horrible i purposely put on raisin face uh every time i go out in public just so i look uh, mean and grouchy and crotchety so nobody will nobody will engage with me i think that uh that's my it's kind of like my my armadillo armadillo shell it's kind of my protective covering face
1: um, everywhere you go.
0: so you messaged yesterday that you were thinking about christmas and opportunities um yes. tell me both about either or both what are we going to talk about
1: well christmas is crazy and that's neither here nor there you know i bought more than i should have and i still feel like it's not enough so the end that's every christmas But I was thinking about opportunities because some of my children can be difficult to motivate, if you will. And I find that, you know, and I'm like, and when I was thinking about our homeschooling journey, I was like, really, I just want them to be able to see what's possible. Like, I don't need to tell them all of the possibilities. I'm not always going to be here. Second of all, I don't freaking know all of the possibilities. So. Sure, And I keep thinking about like, a lot of times we're like, we have to give them like the opportunity to try that thing or do this thing or the opportunity to learn about this in case they ever come across it. But you're really just trying to preload kids with information that you think that they're going to need. And I think that a lot of kids and a lot of adults at this point, at that matter, miss opportunities. And what is life other than just
0: endless opportunities? Yeah. Follow me so far sure <laughs> okay um what in your in your life what opportunity did you pass by that you regret passing by
1: i don't think i would have known them even to see them that's the point
0: ah, okay i was
1: never you know we were, as kids, never geared toward looking for opportunities. We were geared towards, look at what we're showing you. You're going to use this. And then, spoiler alert, we didn't. But I was thinking about, like, even when I had my own classroom still, how in the beginning they wanted the centers and they wanted, because centers were considered giving kids an opportunity to explore a concept. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. It was just sit down and do this and you have to do all your centers.
0: It, was, it like, was giving them an opportunity to do something that you planned for them.
1: Right. And, and, you know, it's not that no opportunity is pre-manufactured. It's not that opportunities can't be given. But I think opportunities, more than anything else, are things that you take. Sure. Because you know, I feel like and I was thinking about, like, in my classroom, the second I decided the hell with them and I'm going to do what I want for the most part. And I kind of, like, let go of, like, the centers and the, well, this is the craft we're doing today because they told me I had to do a craft. When I stopped kind of not giving a shit, which was the beginning of the end of what the what the powers of that bee wanted, I saw how many opportunities a, a day the kids found for themselves. Like, they were finding opportunities, and they knew where to find an opportunity, and they saw a loose part, and they weren't afraid to play around with it because it was just an opportunity. It wasn't like cut and dry. I want you to get this from this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in, in a real play-based environment, a real child led environment where they're free to explore and play and engage as they see fit. Our job as the adults in the room becomes peppering the space with opportunities Yes. And part of that is done through what we know about child development and what we've experienced with children in the past. You have, I mean, there are there are certain three things a three-year-old is likely to be interested in. Um Ninja Turtles. Is there just a new mm-hmm. Ninja Turtle movie out recently? I think I don't, um, know. I don't know either. Uh Dinosaurs, superheroes, dinosaurs, um moving um many of them like to get messy many of them like to throw things um and so we can make these assumptions but then we also tune that in and getting to know them as individuals we come we become aware of what opportunities those individuals we know deeply and personally might be interested in and then we can fine tune the the environmental opportunities even even further but there's also the chance that they're not going to give a flying fuck about any of the opportunities we pepper the environment with, and want to go off on on something completely different. So it's it's challenging.
1: And I think like I'm like, what kind of work? Like my new thing is thinking about who I would have been if life had gone differently. <laughs> <This> <laughs> oh, I need to I thing. need to
0: know more about this. Who would you have been? <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, so much about me really at the end of the day is people pleasing. So not that I think that I would have not have been a like a people pleaser at all, but like had I been in only play based environments, had I been unschooled, like what kind of opportunities would I have seen for myself earlier? But the fact of the matter is, by the time I was an adult, I I wouldn't know what the hell to do with an opportunity. Like, opportunities were the things that people gave to you and told you, this is your opportunity to do this. It's almost like they were all, like, pre-selected. hmm But then, and I said something to my husband the other day. I said something about, I'm like, well, you can't have, I said, you can't advance without creativity. And then I thought about that, and I was like, if I had been allowed to be more creative, how like how far along as a person would I be? Like, would I in fact have my shit together? Probably not. But I like to think in another dimension. I do. But then I like that's I think the, a lot about the my ultimate, the
0: alternate universe where Carol has her shit together, <laughs> where,
1: where I have my shit together. I want to go to that one. I'd probably screw it up anyway. And that version of me would be like, "Get the hell out! We were fine."
0: What but, if? What if this is that reality? Oh, um, and then all the other all the other multiverse is, is is um you're you're even more fucked up than you are here oh God help us
1: but I could imagine it yeah, I not imagine it
0: <laughs> so with with your girls you've known them for a long time. I have Um, probably have good relationships with them, although the mother daughter relationship can be strained and challenging at times. Um, What what's their relationship with opportunities? Are you trying to pepper the environment with them or are you just willing to sit back and wait until they notice their own opportunities? Are you trying to help them see them or what's going on?
1: i'm kind of trying to help them see them now it's it's a very interesting dance which is why i mean a lot of people will say like unschoolers they're they're taking the easy way out i was like no it would actually be much easier for me to just sit them down and say you do this much work today and then be done with it and then i could show what i have and then you know everything would be fine and dandy but I think for me, that's bothering me because I'm only starting to be able to look at opportunities and say, okay, well, how can I make that work? Assessing, is it worth trying to make it work? Is this really what I want? But I'm like 40 and just trying to figure that out now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get them. I For me, <clears throat> a lot of people like, well, I want my kids to graduate high school having read these certain books or like having gone this far in math or whatever. And I am I just think I would rather them be able to understand what an opportunity is, which is really kind of just a possibility. Yeah. To be able to gauge a possibility. Is this something that I want? To be able to think through it. And then, know, like, okay, to be, if I want to take this opportunity, I'm going to need this, this, and this. Okay, how do I do this, this, and this? And kind of just work through it that way. Like, I feel like that is the important thing. And I, I wish they would have had that and like, cause their pre-K was not play-based and that is where I worked and they said that they were and oh boy, they were not. So I just, I kind of see how as even for my younger one, like she was only there through kindergarten, but even mm-hmm. like she is my opportunistic person. <laughs> like she's, but even she can sometimes struggle with that. Like even, I think she sees an opportunity, but she's kind of working through you know deciding if it's a good one or a bad one and what she's gonna you know and how much prison time it's gonna cost her at this point but you know but then my older one who was in school through the fourth grade like she has a very difficult time being able to assess and I think some of that might be executive functioning but I think it's large part executive functioning because she was never allowed to really develop the executive functioning you would need to seize an opportunity and i think it's just because play was taken from her so i mean she always played at home but a lot most of her time was being told what to do and how to do it and she just wanted to do what they told her to do
0: yeah i think part of it probably i think the temperament has got to be involved here some some level too right because some people are just just they have a temperament for being more attuned to opportunities and different options and then and then some people aren't
1: no i think so like even um between my husband and i uh he probably has more school trauma than i do he most most certainly would have more school trauma than i do um But he can more easily see an opportunity than I can. Like, he just sees something and he thinks, oh, that would be cool. And then he goes out when he tries it. You know, I think about it. I think about all the things that could go wrong. And then I think, well, I shouldn't be. I always think I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Someone, please tell me what the hell I'm supposed to be doing because <laughs> I'm really trying to do that, but I don't know what it is,
0: yeah, because when you're <laughs> you're three and four and twelve and sixteen, even, there there are people waiting in line to tell you what to do. Yeah, but you get into adulthood, and there are people who would like to, I suppose but some of us try not to align ourselves or put ourselves in the in the view of those people. And then it, it kind of gets a little bit more challenging to, to make decisions.
1: Yeah. And I think about even like a lot of people my age, age, like how many people hate deciding where to go for dinner? Like, I hate that. Like, it's almost like once we're get like, we're told what to do the entire time, like from the, the time when you're teeny tiny. And I feel like, pre-k years like when you're three years old that's when you start to develop the this is me and this is what i'm capable of Mm -hmm. but i just the more i look at it i'm like i think we've been kind of cut off at the knees here because then we go through all of that and then we get launched into the world and it's like well now you know what to do it's like i know i know what to do what i'm told but no one's telling me anymore
0: i mean three-year-olds i mean they probably know where they want to go for dinner (laughs)
1: They probably, they do. You ever ask a three-year-old what they want to eat? They know. Yeah. It's yeah. nowhere that I want to eat, but damn it, they know.
0: Yeah, someplace with a playground or dancing. Yeah. Well, my youngest always asks or... for
1: like expensive food. That's her thing. I, oh, I yeah, that's help.
0: good. Good. I like that kid. I like that kid even even more now. Yeah. Um. Once you, once you suggested this topic, I started thinking about what, what opportunity, I've had recently to, to, to deal with. So I'd have something to, to talk about. And I think the opportunity most recently that I took, I took advantage of was, was having the kayak stolen. And I, I, so, so I went through eh, half a day, a day and a half of pouting and then my my mind turned to the opportunities, and not not intentionally, but that's just kind of the way I'm wired. My first my first thoughts are, okay, so I'm not going to be kayakless forever. How do I make it less likely the next kayak will get stolen? So I start I start going through those plans in my head, and then the the next thing is okay i've got time i was planning on spending kayaking this winter to to deal with how am i going to spend that time and so both of those have have generated thoughts and activities that um although they're growing from a a very sad and traumatizing place in my yeah. life um are 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 have, have have been kind of fun so yeah and that's like that's like the whole growth mindset
1: thing it's not just oh no, what was me? This happened. It's okay. So what can I do? What are the possibilities? And I think, and I was talking, um, in my little group, I know I have one mom and she's relatively new, um, that has a hard time with messes, like her little one making messes. And like, I'm, I'm trying to say like the messes are important because it's not only the, the mess making process, which is extremely important for her neurological development and her cognitive development i was like but cleaning up the mess you need to give her the opportunity to clean up from a mess sure because we expect you know kids to just we don't don't make a mess well we either get you know adults who are completely neurotic about messes or if you've noticed there's a lot of adults who like they don't understand that that might if you do that that's going to result in like a lot of mess that you're gonna have to clean up. Like I'm I'm always surprised how many adults are surprised when there's like a bigger mess than they had anticipated. I'm like, are you new? Like how did you not know this was gonna happen? And really I think it's insane to meet people in like their 30s and 40s who were never allowed to make messes. So when a mess happens to them, they've got no idea what to do. Like, well shit, now what? fucking <laughs> clean it up. Like
0: it, is that's why I have neighbors who don't pick up after their dogs? Maybe. Maybe. Or they're um, just assholes, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, both. I mean, two things can be true. <laughs> Embrace the power of and. Um, so, along those lines, one of the things programs could, could do is start looking at at messes, actual, the physical messes you're just talking about, but I'm, I'm thinking more of the social emotional messes, the behavior, quote unquote, behavior problems as opportunities. Um, this is an opportunity to help this child learn self-regulation. This is an opportunity for me to, to gain a deeper understanding of, um, of play schema so that I understand that the the reason the toddlers are hauling blocks across the room in baskets and dumping them out isn't because they're evil hell spawn. It's because they're toddlers and that's the way toddlers engage in the world. Um, yes. And so looking at looking at those challenges, whether it's a whether it's a spilt glass of milk or a stolen kayak or an emotional meltdown in the playground over the green shovel, Uh, those are all opportunities for problem solving.
1: Yeah. And I think when you're in that teaching position, it's important to remember that when you like, it's when you step back half the time is when you're actually giving them opportunities. Opportunities are not something that you have to give, that you work on something to give them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. you really just kind of have to get out of their way and allow them to take the opportunities that already exist in the and the environment that you've created for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and 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 part of the problem is maybe that that people have a hard time understanding that the world is full of choices. I yes. think we 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 live with this this mindset that that we're locked in and we don't really have have any choices and um so being able to step back and see that there are always multiple choices no matter what the situation uh, gives you a another opportunity to pursue opportunities maybe I should use a different yes. word there <laughs> um.
1: yeah, you get to explore the possibilities it's some this is it's not this isn't working we just have to keep at it harder. We have to, like, you could step back and say, are there other possibilities? Yeah. Instead of, like, we have to be on script here. This is the way kids are. My classroom should look like this. My kids should be ke- behaving like this.
0: Yeah. Like- and those those other opportunities may not be um, traditional or easy, but they exist. Right. Um, for, for, for family child care people out there who know Tom Copeland, Tom Copeland is a, is a business writer, works for, works, worked, 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 worked. He was once associated, I don't know if he's still associated with Red Leaf Press. Uh, but anyway, he, he wrote, wrote and trained on the business side of, of family child care. And, um, and he always said, you know, you've always got at least three choices, um, in your in your family child care program, if you're if you're not happy with something, you can live with it, you can make a change, or you can close your program and do something else. And so you always have at least those three choices, and that 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 second one that make a change, is really a, a a a waterfall of opportunities if you step back and start looking at it. And so I like, I mean, and that three choice thing can always be uh, can can be expanded into other things. If you're if you're unhappy with the way a child is behaving or your relationship with your coworker in your program, you can live with it, you can you can make a change, or you can go work someplace else. So there's always at least those three opportunities. Um and 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 let's not forget we've, this is this comes up on the podcast frequently doing nothing it choosing to do nothing is also pursuing an opportunity. It's the the it's pursuing the opportunity of inaction which is is really also a a choice.
1: Yeah. Stagnation is always a choice. <laughs>
0: It's usually a well room, i was hey, i was choice, thinking more to... about not interfering and getting all up and up in kids business but oh, sure we can call it right. when it comes to the kids stay out of their
1: business when it comes to the adult tell them to stay out of yours, it adult, out of yours. that's just sort of, just <laughs> everybody,
0: of everybody mind their own business that's gosh good choice um back. so last last night i did a a training on uh uh uh, I don't remember the title of it. It's about uh, uh, play based uh, early early math skills. And I go through this list of 11 things and and none of them mention numbers at all. Uh, <laughs> as far as early, because, you know, things like physical development and language skills are pre-math skills, because you can't, if you're yeah. in first grade and you can't control your body and you don't know how to ask questions, math is going to be really hard for you. And, and, and on that list, um, we talked about, about measuring because that's something kids can play. I mean, from, from rulers and yardsticks to decibel meters, to scales, to thermometers, to, to, uh, rain games. Ages. There's all kinds of great ways you can use measuring tools as loose parts, and uh, and after the training, I got an email from from one of the participants, and she said, she said, you know, in my family child care program, every time I get the yardstick out for measuring stuff, the kids are kids are all excited about it and asking questions about it and everything, and never once did I think about handing them the yardstick. Or going sure. out and buying a bunch of cheap rulers, and so in her in her situation that that opportunity always existed, but for whatever reason she she never saw it, and so being able to step back and open ourselves up to possible opportunities is is a real it's a way to make a life a little bit more fun but it also can yeah. get you to some interesting and and fun adventures as well because i i think her plan was to hand the kids the yardstick and go out and buy some rulers and do some other other fun stuff she hadn't thought of before because because just just hearing me yap for a little while opened her eyes to those opportunities and so um when you can when you can put yourself in front of of opportunities to see opportunities. Again, I've seen, feel like I'm using the yeah. word opportunity too much. Um, it can, it can be beneficial.
1: Yeah. And that's, and I am trying It's and it's not an easy. It's like, it seems so easy to say, Oh, we'll just start looking at things as opportunities. Yeah. I know it's not that it's not that easy at all, but it definitely is um, a worthy, I think, mindset change.
0: Why like, can't it be that easy?
1: have you met anyone else you know (laughs) i talked to a lot of people who've very hard time with decision making and it's just one of the i think a lot of people are just like well i just want to do what's right i mean mostly people are just like i just want to do what's right and this is the other thing about opportunities you're not always going to pick the good ones folks not every opportunity taken has to turn out great It no opportunity unless you got shot or something is your last possible opportunity
0: yeah. There will be I, more. I've picked opportunities and been shot at before and it's not it didn't <laughs> and turn Jeff's out. I'm still
1: here. So see
0: that. <laughs> it I mean, in my case it turned out okay, but not everybody's sure. Um <laughs> so what what opportunity since you since you didn't have an opportunity that you missed that you regret, what opportunity have you have you taken that you regret?
1: Oh, that I've taken that I regret? I don't know if I got to any yet. No, even the ones that, like, there's been opportunities that I took, even if begrudgingly, that mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with at the time. Like, while it was happening, I was like, this sucks. This was not my plan. But in hindsight, it's fine.
0: Like, usually yeah. it's like,
1: like helping with stuff, like, oh, we need help with this, and then I'll end up helping, like, a lot longer, like, I felt like I was already at the end of my rope. And then I'm like, oh, I'll put this on my plate too. And then like going through it, I'm like, this is the worst. I can't make decisions like an adult. What's wrong with me? But then in, yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, no, I'm I'm glad I did that.
0: And 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 that's I've talked about this with other people. And I think that's that seems to be a pretty standard reaction, is the choices we make end up being the choices we make and we we learn something from them. and and so just just armed with that information, um, making decisions and and choosing the opportunities that choosing between the opportunities that you have should be a little bit easier because most people don't run around with big regrets over things that they they didn't do, I think
1: and I think the only the only thing in my life so far that I that I regret is probably just not homeschooling sooner.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I do feel like I lost a lot of years with my kids that I won't get back. Sure. So like that that's a big regret for me, especially after we started and I kind of saw what they were dealing with on a day to day basis. Like uh-huh. that that kinda of still gets to me. Um, but that's like that's and
0: good. would you have been ready for it earlier?
1: I don't know. The problem with me is I'm never really ready for anything until I'm already in it <laughs> and I have to be ready. Then I'll try and get ready real quick. You know? Well, that's
0: how <laughs> I tricked you into being on this podcast. Yes! So uh...
1: I showed up for a group Zoom and I had a drink, so I didn't shut up. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I believe you had a giant, giant cup. Didn't you have a giant cup?
1: I did have a giant mug.
0: Yeah, See, my other ones giant, were, yeah. Your your giant your giant mug was like a giant squirrel that caught my attention. Um. So, what? Any any other opportunity talk?
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my brain I, you know, is I, like unseen. <laughs> I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a fun, it's a fun thing to think about. Um, and I, I've been trying to think, um, I don't think I get up in my head too much about things. Uh, but I, I think, I don't know if I've, all. Oh, I don't, I, I've been good at seeing opportunities. I think, I mean, the way I, the, the way I, the, yeah. The, the way I became a, a, a program director was I walked in as a volunteer and I thought, hey, this is kind of a cool place. I'd like to run it someday. And I found out really quickly that if I put myself out there and put in a little bit of effort in, they were going to offer me a job. And they offered me a part-time job and then they offered me a full-time job. And then they offered me a full-time job with, with benefits. And then they said, open a child. No, then they said, Hey, be the director of this place. Then they said, open a child care center too. And uh, and all of that happened. And, and then one day I saw the opportunity to quit and go do something else um, on the spur of the moment. And I did that too. Um, so, and I mean, I've written some books and the opera that happened because I was on a publisher's website and I saw, uh, Hey, here's how you submit a book idea and just spent an hour and a half putting something together and sent it off. And they said, okay, let's write a book. And so it's, it's, it's fun when you can see those things and and then go out there and do them. I guess you're making a face at me.
1: No, I'm just like, you're a lot like my husband. Like I this is new to me. Like I have never I've always seen like things I could do for other people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I bet somebody would like that, or I bet this would help somebody out. But as far as seeing like my own opportunities for things, like this mm-hmm. is this is a new concept for me. You know, to kind of get off the rat race of what's expected of me and start looking at what's available to me instead.
0: You gotta and go out and grab your cheese. My cheese. You said a rat race. That that would imply that you're one of the rats, I and like rats like cheese, rats. right? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go and get your chunk like of cheese. Cheeses, what? I don't like some cheeses though. Are you a do I don't be a rat. Can I be
1: like a cute little mouse? What the hell? You're
0: the one that talked about rat races. <laughs> you didn't talk about mouse races. <laughs> That's true. I guess it's my own fault. But yes, <laughs> I I will grant you the, I will grant you permission to be a mouse, a cute little mouse if you want to be.
1: <laughs> they're so cute. Until they're in your house, then you want them dead. So it's a very weird place to be in. But anyway. Uh-huh.
0: To have a cute little mouse running around. Hey, listeners, this is the Child Care Bar and Real podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast. We know you have the opportunity to listen to just a shitload of other podcasts and and appreciate you tuning into this one, especially if you made it to this this part of the episode where, uh, <laughs> where I awkwardly wrap things up, um, go out there, take some opportunities, take some chances, uh, step back and and see them if you're having a hard time seeing them because they are there. And if you're not seeing them, look. Look, listeners, if you're having a hard time seeing the opportunities in your life and you need some fresh eyeballs, go over to myplayhaven.com, sign up really quickly, and then post about there. or Send me a message. Tell me what's going on, and I'll help you find the opportunities because they are there. (laughs) Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.